Hello and welcome to Bringing Education Home. I'm Herb. And I'm Christina. Together we are bringing you ideas about education, entrepreneurship, and relationships that are both inside and outside the box. If you like our show, be sure to follow Christina on Facebook. And leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Today we have the pleasure of speaking with Linda and she is joining us from Canada and she's going to talk to us about her mission to get people and family back out into nature and into woods and explore our big, wonderful world, um, either up in Canada or down here in the United States. Linda, welcome. So glad you could join us today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your background and maybe why you got into this whole nature and getting families back out into nature? Sure. Um, It's kind of been a work in progress. Um, I've always loved nature myself. And um, my husband and I spent a lot of time exploring before we had children. And then once we had children, we realized that we didn't want those adventures to stop. So um, we just decided we actually we moved to the forest, which gave us a new insight into the importance of a connection between us and the natural world. Mm -hmm. And it became really important for us to raise our children with that in mind so that their education has always been very natural based. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, life happens and we've uh, spent some time traveling uh, around the world, around the U.S. and Canada to national parks and other um, nature preserves and realized, you know, that you learn in a different way when you see the beauty of the world and you get to experience hands-on, one-on-one connection to the forest. That's awesome. Yeah, that is so important because, um, you know, we're coming from an education background or for myself and knowing that getting kids out into into the world and experiencing is one way to really make that learning stick and sink in. That is so wonderful. So are you still out? Um, or sorry, what ages are your kids? Do you mind talking about that a little My bit? My kids are currently 14, 13, and 11. Okay. And they've lived, we've lived in the forest their whole lives, of course, except when we travel. Uh, we lived in an RV for a few years and traveled Canada and the U.S. And um, so they've always been, always been in nature and always been eager to see the world. Yeah, so I grew up in a small town in the forest, um, real small town. And like, like I could leave my back door, crawl through a barbed wire fence and then just disappear up into the mountains. Um, so I, I kind of grew up that way from the start. And then later I moved in towards and found a city girl. Um, <laughs> but even her, she was like on the outskirts of the city growing up on a farm. And we also had something, have something here called outdoor school. So even in the city, they would take our, our children and go for a week somewhere camping outdoorsy mm-hmm. to the coast and get them out in nature for a week. Um, is there anything like that in your schools or is that why you're starting this? Because you, you want that out there. See, for, for me, it's, it goes beyond education. And I, um, we do have forest schools. I love forest schools, but for me, it's more of a forest life. Um, we kind of approach education from a, a lifelong learning perspective so that um, 
we're encouraging people to uh, work together as a family and spend time together as a family, not just for education, but for life. So um, it, it's, it's a little different in that way, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, because we, we want those connections and those um, roots to go a little bit deeper than just learning about it. We want it to become more of a lifestyle. That exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's part of our push with Vibrant Family Education as well. Um, we're reaching out towards entrepreneur families because um, as entrepreneurs, when we started, we were trying to isolate our children from the stresses of the stuff that we were doing. So we weren't incorporating them into our family like what you're doing now. So we in this journey kind of lost touch with our children, one of them at least, and, and there's a lot of issues because we didn't build that. So part of our education model is as you're building businesses, you bring your family along. And so the way you're doing it with, with your whole life is, is really spot on. And we're trying to help other people achieve that. So where did you first start realizing that this was so important and start incorporating it? Because there's so many people that think, oh, hey, I want to do this, but don't know how to get started. What, what was that trigger that got that started for you? I would say there was, there was two triggers. One was in my own life. Um, we went from me being a stay-at-home mom to um, circumstances changing and me working from home, um, supporting the family. And that shift made us realize the important, the, we don't have as much time as we think we have. And we don't, um, we sometimes focus on the wrong thing. So when I was working for myself, I was not prioritizing family. And it sounds very similar to what you were saying. Yeah. We can be supporting our family financially and providing them everything we need. And then we don't build that connection with them because we're missing, you know, we're caught in the rat race of life. We're caught in all our expectations. And so for me, the change was first within our own family. I, my kids were growing up way too fast and I wanted to be there with them and enjoy their time as well as support them. So I found work that fit around my schedule so that my kids could come first and my work didn't come second, but it fit around my schedule. And after doing that for a while, um, I had people start asking me, how do you do that? And I know, you know, at first, a lot of people thought it was quite strange to live in the forest or to travel with your family and not send your kids to school and to focus on family time. But around 2020, I would say, Say there was kind of a shift and more people started asking, how are you doing this? I want to change. I want, I don't want to be living my life for other people's expectations anymore. And that's when I realized, you know, maybe I should share, share how it's possible for anybody. I love that. Absolutely. And that's part of the shift that happened with us as well. When 2020 hit, I was, you know, in the classroom with kids and having to go online all of a sudden and try to work with the kids online through things like that, it opened up so many doors because I was able to move to an actual online school at that point. And the curriculum was set up and I was able to help families work out a schedule that was best for them. So those families could make education part of their life instead of 
got to do school and then go do this. So it sounds kind of similar, you know, where people are actually expanding and branching out and thinking there's a different way to do this education and life thing together. Yeah, exactly. So is, is homeschooling or educating, because you, you said you were started traveling and doing your children's education at home. Is that different in Canada? Or I should say, can you explain the processes? Because there's still, there's still a lot of, um, I don't know, stigmatism or propaganda to keep children in school. Mm-hmm. Um, how- down here in the United States, at least. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, it's, it's definitely different in the different jurisdictions in Canada where we live. We're very, very fortunate in that they supported homeschooling, like even prior to 2020, like we started homeschooling, oh goodness, like from the get-go. So 2010 or 11 maybe, and we are registered with the school board and we submit whatever we're required to submit to them at the beginning and the end of the year, but they're extremely supportive. And other than for us, other than the beginning and the end of the year, we can do what we want as long as I show our kids are achieving educational goals. Now, different jurisdictions have, you know, teachers they work with, but every single place in Canada, um, no, that's not entirely true. Quebec, I don't think you can homeschool. So most of the places in Canada, you just have to um, prove that you're doing um, something educational with your child, and then you can um, go forward in whatever way suits your children best. Uh, definitely since 2020 there's been a lot more um, positive stuff about homeschooling and I don't come from a homeschooling family my I was in the public system I have a lot of teachers in my family Mm -hmm. and for us it was more so a learning process and it wasn't a full decision it just came bit by bit as we explored our options so you, you grew into it instead of had to make a transfer. So yeah, that's a lot easier to way to, to transition into yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So one of the things we're doing is trying to help parents understand that process here in the United States as well, because like you said, you know, province by province or in our case, state by state, there's different rules about how to unenroll your kids and um, look at testing that's required and things and like standards that. And, and standards and standards. Exactly. And what you have to teach them. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's all. That's basically kind of what we do is we help people mm-hmm. get that under yeah, control. Exactly. And you said that you traveled with your family a lot and you actually came down into the United States and did some of like the national parks and things like that. Can you explain a little bit about how that kind of happened? What worked well? Maybe a few things that maybe didn't work well because we have parents that come and listen to our podcast. And so it might be some things that would inspire them to go travel and something to watch out for. Sure. I'm actually a big subscriber to the world schooling philosophy. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but world schooling is the idea that you travel the world and your children learn by traveling. And so um, that just, we've always loved to travel. And so it was just a natural extension of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can, we intend to continue to do so in the future. Right. Because I think that um, you just learn by doing and by seeing the world you learn about how much more similarities there are than differences and you get to learn for yourself things because things are very regionalized that's one thing we've learned while traveling is every region has its differences Mm -hmm. Um, some of the challenges traveling as a family can be challenging for us personally slow travel solved the challenges of traveling and slow travel is um, basically staying longer a longer period of time in a place Okay. Um, months or years or 
depending on what you want. But like for me, if I'm staying somewhere, I want to stay there for at least one month because that's how you get a really good taste of what the place is like. You get to see things that you don't get to see when you're just tra traveling. That doesn't work for everybody. Every family does its own style. But I know a lot of times traveling with a family, you can get burned out and overwhelmed. But when you travel slowly or another way of slow traveling is, you know, you just you go on a trip, but you take your time planning it so that nobody feels overwhelmed and it doesn't burden anybody. Right. So it's just basically slowing down and enjoying the process. I love that. Yeah. We um, actually took a whirlwind vacation with our yeah. boys. We, we took a quick, slow, a quick, slow vacation once. There we go. Um, nine we, we, weeks. Nine weeks. And we States. drove all the way around the United States. It was like 35 states, 12,000 miles. We would stop along the way. It's like, oh, hey, come see this cool thing. And, and so we stopped anytime and say, oh, stop here. Look at this. We would stop and look at that. And so we traveled. In, in, in two to three day increments. So we would always make sure we were there two nights. So we had a day to land and then the next day explore and then the next day kind of ready and, to go. So, so we leapfrog across the United <laughs> States. So yeah, I, I completely, completely agree with that. And it's in one of the amazing things is you start to realize how big everything is. You start to realize how small everything is and how we really do need to stick together because this is really all we got. And mm -hmm. so I was wondering if you've kind of gone into that realm at all. Yeah, I, exactly what you said. It's everything, it is really, it's a, an immense planet we live on, but it's also very, very small and, and we're all the same. And I totally agree with what you said. I think that sounds like an incredible trip. I love the spontaneity of what you described. And that's what a lot of the fun is of traveling and giving yourself the time and the availability to be like, hey, here's something cool. Let's learn what it's about. Yeah, we had like three weeks over here. We had to be here in three weeks and we had to be like over there in four weeks after that. So we had like a couple of big events planned. And then the time between those was just let, let's see what's out here in this place that we live and explore the people and see what people do. And it was just amazing. Yeah. So the fact that you were able to make that more of your whole life instead of just one amazing summer for us. That, that's awesome. To do it. Yeah, that is wonderful. So thinking about families with like small children, because you said you've been doing this for most of your children's life. What is kind of maybe some of the differences between when the kids were smaller and now that they're a little bit older, what kinds of things maybe can be done differently or what kinds of things might be easier or harder? Some things are easier when they're smaller. Some things are harder when they're smaller. It's easier to get them excited about things. Uh -huh. um, when they're older, though, there's more you can do. When they're smaller, definitely safety is much more of an issue. Mm -hmm. um, children under the age of, depending on the children's age, but definitely under the age of five, they always they need to be supervised 100% of the time when they're outside. It, yeah. Especially if it's somewhere that's not new to you, there are dangers that you have to be aware of. I like to tell people, be aware of the dangers, but don't be scared of them because there's lots of ways to stay safe if you're just aware. Yeah. Um, but with little kids, I, one of my favorite things to do is creature counting and then, and you can do that anywhere. Um, and that's, I'm pretty, for kindergarten and any age younger than that, you just start by counting the creatures in your neighborhood or where you're traveling to. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I remember one of the posts that you just did recently and I commented on that. I was like, yes, that's so awesome because it brings in that education aspect as well as the nature aspect, as well as the spontaneity of learning. The kids are really engrossed in counting and learning how to count because it's something right there in front of them that they're able to count. So that was a great way to you know, incorporate all of it together as you're learning and traveling. And if you're doing that within your own community, it brings your sense of planet and life and mm -hmm. that connection back to the earth all at the same time as the learning. So yeah, yeah you're doing math, but you're also becoming aware of the world around you and be, you know, observing the animals that come and go. And it, it, it really is an incredible thing, even though it's quite small. Exactly. So what about when they're a little bit older? You said you're having maybe a little bit of a difficulty trying to get them either engaged or super excited about what kinds of things are kind of working for that older group? For the older group, I think, you know, okay, preteens. So from, you know, young kids to preteens, it's basically, I like to follow their interests. So if, if your kids, children are reluctant to, um, engage in an outdoor activity bring include something that they really like um and also don't use it as a punishment always make it fun uh eating out eating outside is something that all ages will love so having a picnic you know having a special snack to take with you on a hike or having a treat that they like or making a meal over a campfire campfires really um are fun for older kids they yeah. like to start learning about campfire safety and it's also a good survival tool, you know, weather permitting. Uh -huh. We tend to have more fires in the winter for that very reason. Exactly. Um, like a and then for teenagers, uh, it obviously, again, include their interests. If they're interested in uh, photography, that's an easy one. If they're interested in video games, you know, there's... Um, I'll tr I always get the, I always miss, mess up the word, but um, altered reality, it's not altered reality, augmented reality, augmented. video games, and uh, other ways you can include technology in getting outside. Um, I also really think getting outside with your teens is a great way to connect in a non-pressure environment because um, you can be looking around instead of, you know, sitting face to face to have a conversation. You can be commenting on whatever you're seeing where you you went to visit and other things can come out because teenagers can be a little bit more reluctant that way right exactly so one of the things that um we're constantly asked is well what about socialization you know if you're always traveling or you're always you know your kids aren't in school how are they getting socialized how do they feel comfortable in the world have you found some things that are really good connections that you've been working with? I always find that an interesting question mm -hmm. because it's, again, it's been a while since I've been in school, but to me, um, kids that are school isn't a good representation of socializing for the world Thank because you. it interact in school. There's no other interaction in the world that is the same as what happens in a school setting. That's awesome. So um, just by being in the world and having interests and hobbies and friends and neighbors and communities, mm -hmm. that's a lot of socialization. So it's difficult for me to say because my children have never been in school, but just from my perspective, compared to how I don't recall learning socialization in school, I was quite shy. 
and yeah. school didn't teach me how to engage with people. I learned that kind of on my own from working and from being in the world. So I always find the socialization question interesting for that. So right. yes, uh, yeah, that would be the short answer. Good. Yeah. Because um, like I said, you know, parents are, are listening to these podcasts and so it's good for them to hear lots of different perspectives. Um, so as you were traveling, I'm pretty sure that you probably helped your kids with their socialization by like how to talk to strangers or how to introduce themselves in different situations and how to interact in the different stores and parks and things like that. Right. Absolutely. And they, you know, they take classes based on their interests or hobbies or you know recreational activities uh you know you have neighbor kids that they play with and you know family and other events it it comes naturally good exactly okay so um, another question that i was sorry about that i just went brain blank for a second um oh and i just lost it so go ahead and tell us about um if people wanted to get started, that's what it is. What were a few tips to get people started slowly? Because I mean, going out in a big traveling trip or a big nature trip is kind of intimidating. So what would be one or two things that families could do that are small that gets them started? I encourage people to start where they are because every family is different. Mm -hmm. One thing is to just be more aware of nature. And what I like to say is to find your closest tree. What tree is closest to where you live? Okay. And then, you know, some people will be like, well, it's an apple tree and I never noticed it before. And if you can, or if you're interested, another thing to do is to, you know, think about the food you like to eat and think about potentially growing some of it, because that's um, a great thing for everyone in the family to do. And it can, no matter where you are, you can grow something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then I guess the third thing would be to make time, um, make time for a family, just, you know, fresh air as a family or a family walk or something nearby that you can do together regularly, whatever that means for you. Perfect. I love that. And that can happen with younger people, younger kids or older kids. It doesn't matter the age range on that and getting started on those small tips. That's awesome. So then thinking, exactly. yeah, so if someone were going to want to do like a bigger trip, kind of like we did around the United States or a bigger trip, like you were talking about, what are some of the things that maybe they should look at before they jump into that? The first thing is what, what your family needs are. Um, if you aren't physically able to, you know, sleep on the ground every night, don't plan a tenting trip right. uh, you know <laughs> so start with what your family's needs are and then I encourage everyone to get everybody in the family involved so that everybody has something to look forward to uh, as part of the trip and then um, to, everyone can take part of the planning from there well that's a great idea let the kids plan part of the trip so that mm -hmm. it's like oh cool this is my portion yeah that that's a really good idea and that also helps with the learning because they get to become the expert maybe about that thing. So whenever you get there, they get to tell the family about what, why they wanted to be there and what they wanted to see while they were there so that you can get both sides of that learning in there. Yeah. And you can also plan some of your trips around your children's interests. You know, if they really like biking, you know, you can go on a mountain bike tour, 
they were like, like paddling, you can go to some really cool lakes, that type of thing. Exactly. Our boys really loved water parks. So of course we had to stop at a few water parks along the way. And she really likes roller coasters. So we had to stop at quite a few roller coaster parks. On yeah. That, so that trip too, as so. much nature there, but then of course, like we said, we stopped at several of the um, national parks and that was absolutely amazing to see too. Um, one of the things that we found when we were traveling was that a lot of places now are doing kind of, it's called like a hop on hop off bus. So if like you're in a park or in a city, you can like get on a bus and they like take you to like the important places and you like jump off and explore for a few minutes and then catch the next bus and go on. Have you ever seen or heard of those? Yeah, those are great thing places, great to do in new places that you want to kind of get the highlights of. Absolutely. Yeah, see, we would usually do those and then it's like, okay, and then like check off, like we want to come back here, we want to come mm -hmm. back here, we want to come back here and, and then go back to each of those places when it wasn't busy and do a lot more exploring. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's a great way to use those. Yeah, yeah that's smart because it's always nice to, to check out the, the nice places when they're less busy. You can really get a, a feel for them a lot better that way. Exactly. Excellent. Linda, it's been so awesome talking with you. Can you tell us a little bit more about your program or how you're getting the word out? When you say you talk to people about um, getting their families out in nature, how are you doing that? Do you have a program set up? Do you have Facebook set up? Tell us a little bit more about what you what you do with that. And how people can get a hold, get of, a hold you. of you. Yeah. Um, it all starts uh, through the website, AbundantForestLife.com. Um, that's where a lot of people, and then uh, there's also a Facebook group where families are coming to share what they do and get tips and ideas um, from there. Perfect. And then those links will be in the um, show notes at the end so people can look down at our show notes. Perfect. So tell us one last thing about if you want, if a family wanted to go do something, what do you think would be like the most important thing for you to do? I know it depends on the family, but what's something that you think all families should maybe try to go and experience? I wouldn't, I would say stargazing because if you're in the city, you might have to travel a little bit to get some clear sky, but seeing the night sky and watching the stars is, it, it's incredible. And it's something that we don't do enough. And it's something that doesn't cost anything except for travel. And you can incorporate all ages into it. Yeah, when you get up into the mountains, sometimes the first time and you actually on a dark, clear night and you can actually see the Milky Way and the and the arms, it's just so stunningly beautiful. It's like, how come I can't see this? And then you go back to the city and if you can see like a star, it's like you're not even sure if it's a star or a satellite. So yeah, getting out mm -hmm. and seeing that can just really change a life. Yeah, it's very inspiring and and incredible can't recommend it enough that is amazing thank you awesome and thank you again for coming and joining us it's been lovely talking with you and i love your ideas and encouraging families and we really hope that people will reach out to you and get their families out into nature thank you so much it's been my pleasure i love what you guys are doing and it's so inspiring thank you very much all right and for all of our guests who have been listening, thank you for joining us today. And hopefully you will go check out Linda's website and her Facebook group. And also don't forget to visit Vibrant Family Education for more information as well. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you.